Welcome to No Club, the podcast that's like a book club for people who don't think that books reward them enough for being good at them. I'm Chad Rutherman's. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And today, we're going to be talking about Everspace, which is a game that was developed and published by Rockfish Games, released in 2017 on PC, 2019 on Switch, Xbox One, and PS4, and in 2020 on our good friend Stadia. (laughs) But first, if you give us a like or a rating, it would be greatly appreciated. And as you probably know, well... As you probably don't know, actually. I don't know. Odds are. Yeah, I don't know the continuity of people who listen to the previous episodes and then immediately the next one. Mm-hmm. But this is part of Fan Brewery, uh, which is our current themed month. Uh, where we take suggestions uh, entirely from people in our Discord. Shoutouts to you, yeah. YouTube commenters <laughs> not leaving us any suggestions. Uh, <laughs> uh, and this game uh, was suggested by Face in our Discord. Uh, so, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Th- thanks to everybody who suggested games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were actually able to do this. <laughs> Thank you. And we were just shouting into the void. (laughs) And also, thanks right now, but not thank you for the very (laughs) uncomfortable half-hour conversation that we had to have, where I was like, I don't know how ubiquitous the Game Boy camera is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and there are a few things on the list. Uh, We could only pick four games to do uh, this month, so there are some games on there we are definitely going to do in the future that mm-hmm. we aren't going to get to this month so yeah and i'll probably put like an explanatory post uh in the discord which will already be there at the time this episode yeah. comes out so uh but yeah thank you uh the game that was suggested in everspace and everspace is a space shooter roguelite uh and i it's a very carefully chosen series of words uh, because mechanically the game is a space shooter and then structurally the game is a roguelite. Uh, and it does very much follow the... <laughs> I almost want to... I want to make a comparison to a game that I know that you haven't played and know nothing about uh-huh. and therefore won't lead to good conversation. Uh, it feels like Dead Rising to me, mm-hmm. which is a weird way to describe it, I think. Um, but because it, when they made that game... They fully did not expect you to finish the game without losing entirely and restarting the game, but with a higher level. Uh, and this game similarly takes a very long time to get going, uh, and you're sort of grinding out upgrades until you can actually do anything in it. You're you're correct. Uh, I do not. I've not played Dead Rising mm-hmm. and uh, can't really comment on that, <laughs> unfortunately. But um. Yeah, I feel like this game. I always want to like make a comparison to something like, uh, like Downwell, where or other uh, roguelikes that we've played. Um, where I I do feel like this is hard to get into. Um, I I think as a genre, like that's one big thing that makes roguelikes a challenge for like some some people to get into is that they can be really like have a really steep learning curve at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and I felt like this was no exception. Um, but like once I got into it, I did quite like it a lot. Um, but yeah, like 
the um like yeah i i find that like also the distinction between like a roguelike and a roguelite it makes a big difference to me yeah because like being able to like keep upgrading your ship and being able to be better each time makes a huge difference yeah i think a lot of the things i'm gonna say about this game that are ostensibly criticisms or things that i didn't enjoy personally uh it's gonna be really hard for me to actually commit like i'm gonna be a little bit reticent to actually call them criticisms or problems with the game because there's a lot of stuff in here that i know people personally who would just jive with entirely that i just don't Mm -hmm. um we've talked about a couple of roguelites on the podcast before and during those podcasts i had mentioned other roguelikes that I've played. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I agree, the roguelite sort of like always improving mentality is a lot easier for me, for probably the general public, but in this case Mm -hmm. specifically me, to latch on to. Because it it doesn't feel as hopeless when you're bad. And you always start kind of bad. Yeah. No, yeah, it, it seemed like discouragingly difficult at the beginning to me (laughs) yeah um and like yeah but after playing it a bunch it's like weird to think back on how hard it seemed at the beginning yeah yeah and like the rogue light elements really help with that kind of stuff and how really small it feels at the beginning as well like it feels like there's a really set number of things for you to do in each area yeah almost like the way it's tutorialized and this is partially just me being kind of dumb but like (laughs) i made it seem like those things were, like, available or, like, necessary to do in each zone to me. I'm, like, flying around, I'm, like, I can't find any fuel to mine. Uh Like, I'm going to run out of fuel if I don't get it. But, like, it's... So a little bit me, but like the way it's set up makes it seem like it's there's more of a routine to it mm-hmm. than there ended up being. Yeah, for me, yeah, it, it was a it's a freeing experience when you're playing this game and you get to the point where you like warp in and go nah and just warp <laughs> the fuck right out, like just in the very uh, just in the first second you like look around, assess the situation, mm-hmm. and go, I'm not gonna fuck with any of this right now. I'm just going to go. Right. Uh, that is a, it, it's, it's interesting because I agree. I think when I, when I first started the game, I had no idea how the systems actually worked, uh, which makes sense. Obviously you're at the beginning of <laughs> yeah. the game. Um, but this game, I think benefits more than most from letting the player in a little bit on how the, all of the, the Calcutrons uh, <laughs> play out a bit. Because, like, once I got into it and realized, like, oh, this is the differences between sectors, and here, like, I need to make sure that I have X amount of this resource at this point uh, so that I'm not, like, woefully underpowered. Yeah. Watch your nanobots. Yeah, keep them. <laughs> Watch your, uh, your fuel. Yeah. Uh, and, and all of that sort of comes together into... I want to say a pretty balanced experience that just has wild spikes occasionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I agree. Like you'll be cruising along and it you'll it'll feel really satisfying to to play and and then you'll just hit a zone uh that just feels like it blindsides you and kills you in one hit. Yep. Uh it, it like some like arcade bullshit. Like it's just like, "Oh, it's a new area." Uh that was mostly dark and only had dark matter in it. You stayed in there for five seconds and it killed you. Uh, so that's to look out for it next time or restart your hour and a half 
run right now. Yeah. There's like a bunch of stuff that I want to get into on that. Um, But I think, yeah, that's a great place, I think, to start. Because if you're coming at this game, if you're coming at this game from Elite Dangerous, right? Like the space shooter game genre, then this probably won't feel exceedingly out of hand. Like, it's something that makes sense. And I'll talk about the controls later because it's one of the things that I... I think really stands out about this game um, and is probably not unique to this game, but I'm just not that experienced with space shooters. Same. But if you're coming from other roguelites, one of the first things that you're going to notice about this is that after you get over the hump where you just die to everything that shoots at you, even for one second, <laughs> you will be like, wow, I sure am playing this game for very long periods in comparison to like anything else. Uh, and not even, like, the end game runs. Like, uh, I remember... Yeah, if you get past Sector 2, mm-hmm. it's gonna suck to die. Yeah. it's You're like, wow, I sure did waste, you know, half an hour there. Uh, <laughs> and uh, now I'm on to my 45th minute, and then I get sucked into a black hole. Like, it, it sucks to die... I complained about this literally on the last episode we did mm-hmm. about one hit death spikes. Killing a player in one hit is should really be reserved for very special circumstances. Mm-hmm. And like I understand they want to get across the danger of being in space, but yeah, it almost kind of yeah, it kind of works early on, I think. It makes space seem dangerous and scary mm-hmm. um but yeah like exactly what you're saying like the once you you get into the runs that take like an hour it just is terrible mm-hmm. and I, i've just never personally played a game ever i'm a fraud <laughs> i'm not qualified <laughs> i've never played a, a roguelite or roguelike game that has runs this long like there's some wild shit that happens in in Binding of Isaac once you get mm-hmm. past like main game stuff, and but that game was developed essentially over the course of a decade. Yeah, and like you can maybe make a run last a long time if you're like just scraping by, but like most most roguelikes, like winning the game usually takes like thirty minutes to forty five minutes in the modern era. Yeah, like I was trying to think of how long runs in Hades take. But didn't really have a good concept of it. Yeah, in my experience, yeah. between like twenty and forty. Minutes. Yeah, like the fact that I had never thought about it, I think, mm. illustrates a difference. <laughs> yeah, and and like that game was all about like it's okay to die because you come back and you have all these other things to progress. And this game does a similar thing, but really that extra time, even in the storyline stuff. Because I would want to do a thing and then go back and talk to the person, but mm, but you can't. Yeah, you're on a straight line, uh, and you can only talk to people during runs. And sometimes you have to choose, which is fine. I'm not. This is not a bad decision mm-hmm. between what people you're gonna see. It would be nice if you could like cash in to say um, your quests, um, like from the hangar. Yeah. Like you could call them up on your, your uh, on their frequency and talk to them. That would make sense. Yeah, I think like, in lore. Yeah, like you can't get a new quest, but you can like finish the one you were doing. Mm-hmm. And or in, but instead, like the way it works, it might be like three runs from now, right. and you finally <laughs> like finish that quest. Uh, unless it's Elec, in which case I'll never finish mm. your quest, you piece <laughs> of shit. <laughs> uh, I. 
Is that the one who wants you to like be a mercenary? Yeah, he's yeah. the the outlaw. Yeah, I really liked the first quest mm-hmm. where you just had to infiltrate like a enemy base. But then the second one, he's like, I want you to steal, uh, whatever like fuel or gas or something from this uh, G and B transport ship. And I tried it once, and it went horribly. And I just like boot like uh, jumped to the next zone, and I was like, I'm just not gonna do this <laughs> ever this quest stops here <laughs> yeah it is it is like uh, this whole like because what it is is a pinata essentially full of angry hornets yeah because you you try and shoot the thing to get your request done <laughs> and you shoot one bullet at it and immediately a hundred guys swarm you and murder the shit out of you yeah and he said something about like destroying the warp drive so it can't like jump away and i was like i don't know how to do that i googled this um i'm not ashamed i'm a little ashamed Uh uh-huh i Uh, mean i wouldn't be (laughs) i just i didn't care enough to do it myself but yeah so in this game and this is something that is not really ever told to the player um, there are oftentimes little things that you can target or that it'll like highlight for you on mm-hmm. your HUD. And maybe it was an attempt to keep it from getting too cluttered, but different parts of ships actually do take damage differently. Mm. And if you just shoot the engines on the back of the ships, uh... they can't warp away. It won't matter because you're going to die anyway. Because you have to basically do it before you get killed by the fighters that show up. Then kill the fighters, then go do the ship right. Thing. Uh, and I basically failed to do it. <laughs> I never even got a single thing to release, no matter what my strategy was. I yeah. only tried it twice, but man, it's hard. Uh, yeah, I just didn't care enough. So if you're somebody who's played this game, <laughs> this is the baseline skill level you should be expecting. Yeah. Um, neither of us beat the game. No. Um, we tried. I feel um, like I spent so much time. I know. It's one of those that you had to invest a lot of time to beat this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, speaking of things on the ship being highlighted and things of that nature, um, the UI in this is interesting. Um, it, it adds to like what we were talking about before, where like this just seems like there's a lot, like there's a steep learning curve at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But like once you know what's what, I actually found like the UI to be pretty good. Like all the little circles on the screen. And, like, how you, like, fly around, like, and how you know where, like, uh, items and things are. Yeah. Um, my one criticism is that I wouldn't, I would change the color from blue to something else <laughs> because the background is often blue. Yeah. Uh, so, you especially the ones that are, like, at the dotted line circle, mm-hmm. it's, like, you'll turn and, the, like, and it'll put it over, like, a bunch of asteroids and you can't see it. And you're, like, oh, I got to turn away again and then follow it really closely <laughs> so I can see exactly where it's pointing. Um, but I just thought it was cool, like, how, like, at first it seemed, like, crazy, and then I got used to it, and it seemed, like, really, uh, like, a really smart way to display that information. Yeah, it's really, the game itself provides a contrast, because there are areas in this game that disable your sensors, they're, like, cloudy zones, I don't know... I, that's I felt like I'll that was them. a little bit silly. A bit. But it works. Yeah. It, it, it makes sense. Yeah, they're like gas clouds. This is Star Wars logic. Any, <laughs> yeah. anything... It's just like, oh, your sensors aren't working uh, because it's cloudy? <laughs> 
I'm sure that there's like a real because I've heard that before, like, but I think it's with specific kinds of sensors. This yeah. is like robot sensors. I don't know. Anyway, it's just a nitpick. I just thought that was a little bit funny. Yeah, but they uh, the interesting thing is when they do that and you re- and you have no markers on your map. And, like, it doesn't mark, like, containers that you pass by. Seeing one of them just out and about is a nigh impossibility. Especially if you've been following the stuff, mainly, like, the the markers on the map for as long as you have been. Uh, Sometimes you won't even know what the containers look like, because they're always behind an icon. Mm -hmm. And it took probably, like, four or five runs before I ever got close enough to one to actually know that it was, like, a little floating briefcase. Yeah, a little case. A space case. you shoot open. Yes, (laughs) you just blast it. Space junk. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's actually... Hold on. I want to make sure that there's nothing else that I want to say about the, like, sensor mechanic. There is, but it's sort of related to a different thing, so I'll come back to it. All right. Um, one of the, the things about this game that's it's not different from other roguelikes necessarily, um, but the upgrade system uh, of, like, picking up different shit and, and then being able to craft as well uh, on top of it was and still is the most intimidating system I've ever seen uh, in a game. Probably it's probably not sphere grid level <laughs> of intimidating, uh-huh. but it is very intimidating because there's just so there's like eighteen discrete different collectibles that all have like a little icon and the pause screen bar, uh, and it took me like many hours to even figure out how to craft. And then after I did figure it out, I realized that I it wasn't all that useful until <laughs> you get a bunch of blueprints, mm-hmm. uh, which the game waits a while and then just starts dumping on you constantly. Uh, but it's weird. Like, having to make those decisions was hard. And a lot of the times I went, how often do I actually use the consumables? Mm, never. Mm-hmm. And so I would just start salvaging shit constantly. Because <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I want to figure out what this does. Yeah, now, I did the exact same thing, and I'm glad to hear you say that. Because uh, I always feel like we would, like, talk about an RPG or something. I'd be like, I was really intimidated by this system. And then, like, JJ would be like, it's... God, well, I would have a ton to say about it. Because, like, certain people engage with that kind of stuff more than others. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like, I... It, it early on it felt really discouraging uh, to experiment with because like you'd be using something like a weapon that you were starting to like and you'd pick up a different one and it would suck yep and you would die um, so like I just kind of ended up getting good with like the stuff you start with uh, like the lightning gun yeah Fuck lightning yeah. gun is great <laughs> uh, like so I would just like focus on upgrading that in like my shield and like would just salvage everything for scrap and whatever yeah yeah it was one of those things where i can see potential in a lot of the items you can get but i was never it's like it's not clear what all of the like different missiles and whatever like emp and all the other things really do yeah there's like the destabilization missile and then like the fucking phase-o missile. I don't know what the other one is called. That both do, like, a really similar thing. It's like, one of them's like, they take more damage when you hit them with this. And the other one's like, they take more damage? (laughs) 
Maybe. <laughs> Maybe some, like under some circumstance. So it's like these two very special missiles, but it's incredibly cheap to craft the light m- missiles. So I just used those very nearly exclusively. Um, and then like after unlocking secondary weapon slots for my ship mm-hmm. would want to put other stuff in there and would use them occasionally when it, when I thought of it. But it was really rare that I would think of it. Most yeah. of the time I would just spam stuff the small missiles at them because mm-hmm. uh, it did because it was easy and it did, did a, a lot, lot of damage. damage uh yeah like because I, I wanted to compare it to Downwell mm. um again but um <laughs> uh in that game i remember like just using all the power-ups and like not really caring which ones i got and i feel like yeah it's like the length of runs really makes a big difference because like in Downwell, you could just be playing it enough times in a short enough doing enough runs in a short enough period of time that you would just end up using them all and mm-hmm. like you would just kind of get used to them and in this like it it feels like it incentivizes you more to like stick to what you know or at least it, it's an easier time i think anyway yeah it, it's like anti downwell like yeah. <laughs> downwell up is well. it's up well uh up in space yeah. uh <laughs> the uh the the difference like in downwell a run from beginning to end is going to last like between 20 and 30 minutes, but the average run (laughs) is going to be like one minute (laughs) and the game absolutely encourages you to just pick up every weapon that you see because it heals you when you do it. So you don't really have an option to be picky. Uh, in this game, you you have all, it pauses the fucking game. It's like take all the time you need to read all of the detailed stats about energy usage, <laughs> pellet grouping, fucking range, and uh, the different DPSs of everything. And it's like not even that is like an easy thing to be to reliably go by. Because like like you, I also love the lightning gun. And I ended up really liking guns like the lightning gun or the beam. Like, like the, the red laser. Yeah, thing. the red or the yellow laser. Yeah. <laughs> Different flavors of the the strawberry laser, the, <laughs> the lemon, lemon laser. Lime. Yeah. yeah. All the good lasers. Because the DPS was pretty accurate to what it was gonna be doing. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I picked uh another one that I ended up liking in the end, the coil gun is more of like a... Oh, is that the one that charges up? No. Oh. This is the one that's just like a rapid-fire gun, mm. essentially. Um, and it's good, but the DPS also it really assumes that you're going to be hitting your targets, <laughs> which isn't always going to be the case. Uh, to use a Splatoon analogy, it feels like the, the 56 gal, the gun that does a bunch of damage if you can hit somebody, but right. it goes just in random places. Uh, and I really liked that, but it was hard for me to tell when something was going to be good or bad. And they'd be like, you pick up a plus plus weapon and you're like, I know something, I know plus is good. Right. (laughs) And then you'll find enhanced versions and then you'll find those after you realize that the plus just means that it has upgrades installed, which you can do yourself. But you didn't know that at the mm-hmm. time. You're like, I gotta take this. It's got so many yeah. pluses. After it. A few early runs were ruined by exactly that, yeah. where I just picked up a gun that I hated because it was like a two plus. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is so good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's confusing, and oh god, I feel like I see all the potential there, 
And for people who really love this game and spend a lot of time with it, I'm mm-hmm. sure it opens up a ton of possibility. Yeah. But, like, you're not going to fucking see me shooting the gun that you have to charge for three seconds before it does anything. I kind of liked that gun, but... It's so hard to It was so hard for me to use. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which is, the, I guess, the I important I mean, I stopped thing. using it. Some people would probably also hate using the lightning mm. gun, but those people are fools. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's, I mean, there's, did you, how did you feel about devices and consumables? Uh, I don't. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) There were a few that I thought were cool and that I did. Basically, I tried to force myself to remember to use them. Yeah. But you're just overloaded with it, especially when you're new to the game. So, like... (laughs) You like cycle through everything by using the D pad, mm-hmm. and like I don't, I you couldn't, I couldn't tell you right now which <laughs> D pad direction corresponded to which thing to switch. Uh-huh. So it wasn't like an in combat option for me. I just had to like occasionally be like, "What does it say up there? <laughs> EMP? All right, let's try it." And, and then you run out of energy and you explode mm-hmm. because somebody has killed you. Uh, yeah, it's weird, and I... It is very easy to forget about. I wish I was better at the game, I yeah. think is what I'm saying. Yeah, it, yeah. I think things just keep coming back to, like, how long this game is, and it's like, you when you're focused on just, like, getting through it, it's hard to, like, dedicate that, like, time or energy to, like, mastering all the different pieces, because you're just trying to get good enough... With the ones you have to, like, get far enough. Yeah. Especially since once you get... The further you get, the more likely you are to unlock the stuff. Whether it be with credits or with Yeah, you're like, I'm not, I'm not switching now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that you can then make later runs better by being able to access these tools earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that's really what it is. I think this game wants you to make a lot of runs. And the runs are so long that it becomes kind of discouraging. Uh, I think the most, I mean, the most runs I did in one day was probably like 20 on my first (laughs) day where I spent three hours dying to the first three ships that showed up. Mm -hmm. But later on, it would be like, I would run like a run and be like, yeah, it's enough ever space for tonight. You have to like stop and think like, should I do one more? Mm. Like, how long could it take? <laughs> what time do is I have it enough right time? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't save in the middle of them and stop, which I did do a couple of times, but I've never done that. Yeah, but I I did realize it was a possibility. So, uh, so uh, in addition to the UI, I also thought that the like sound design was pretty good mm. in that. Um, like a lot of the sound cues like definitely became very ingrained in me uh, like you brought up it was a really good thing to highlight is like there are the parts where they take that stuff away mm-hmm. like your ability to like see and hear like the enemy ships and stuff like if you you get attacked by a ship um without having heard the little like <laughs> sound effect that plays when they notice you it like really like catches you out and like makes you be like it's like startling yeah to just someone's just firing at you, so I, I thought that ended up being like really effective. Um, all the little sound effects and things. Yeah, it's one of those things that 
it, most of the times that I died in this game, this is something that I think, at least in my mind, separates it from other roguelikes that I've played, were n most of the times I died weren't because I was, like, running low on health and didn't have the necessary healing items or because, like, my gear wasn't good enough for a situation. It was mostly because I just suddenly was dying. Like, it, I went from 100 to zero very mm -hmm. All quickly. of a sudden, like, 15 ships yeah. came out of something. And we can talk about that later, but the biggest thing preventing that from happening is that sound design. The fact that you can hear everything that's going on, uh, like... Your HUD flashes, lights up with all kinds of different warnings, like when you're locked on to things. Your character will comment when you've been seen. Uh, it's really difficult to miss when you're being targeted. Not that it didn't happen, but it is it is hard to miss it. And, and I think it does work. It almost has to be really like like that because mm -hmm. there's a lot of of shit going on yeah th those voice lines are a good thing to call out because i remember like early on thinking that they were like overly corny sometimes where they'd be like ah oh, nanobots or whatever blah 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 yeah uh but then like after a while like I, it, you start doing that you're like oh fuck yeah nanobots <laughs> The one, oh, there's like eight of them? Yeah. The, yes. <laughs> the one thing that really kills me is the uh, the fact that they like always comment on, on picking up money. Because mm. it is the least... It, it, while it is important for progression, it yeah. should be exciting. Because it's the, like one of the two things that carries over mm -hmm. between runs. I don't need to know. Yeah, another credit earned. Yeah. Or whatever. It's been counted and deposited. Yeah. Like, thanks, dog. <laughs> I needed to know. <laughs> don't mind the fact that i saw this icon from the whole other side of the map and boosted over here specifically to get these credits mm -hmm. but gotta let me know i picked them up uh that's can we talk about the dialogue for a second sure um there is a tendency of this game to play dialogue immediately upon entering a sector uh, or a zone in a I don't know if the little individual places yeah. are called. I've been calling them zones. Yeah, the, the, every time you enter a zone or into a sector, after you have like a conversation with another character, often you'll have a little dialogue between the ship AI and the lead character, mm -hmm. Adam. Adam, yeah. yeah, Adam and Hive, um, and <laughs> always those are the times when you're most likely to be suddenly being shot at. <laughs> So I would warp in and be, like, trying to read the subtitles, but there's red arrows all over the screen. Yeah, like, there were times where, like, uh, I would need to, like, boost, like, I was, like, going to, like, leave, mm -hmm. and, like, while dialogue's happening, so I have to, like, wait, because I don't want to cut it off and, like, not get to hear the dialogue. <laughs> right. It's very, like, it feels like they should have... Well, maybe this is something that I could have yeah. done within I, the menus. Yeah. I felt like but... it didn't happen that often to me, but maybe... It's just the shooting always covers it up. Like, it's mm. it's hard to hear the dialogue when there's a lot of Yeah, I was always on. playing with headphones, so I guess it probably wasn't a, as big of a deal. That's probably true. I played the majority of this game with TV audio, and then, like, a little bit of this game from bass switch speakers. Right. <laughs> Which is not a great... Uh, sound experience so mm -hmm. uh 
But yeah, I think base baseline they should have toggled the dialogue volume up a little bit or like put a dampening effect yeah. on the rest of the game when it's happening. That's probably definitely an option in the PC version, but I, I would it's probably not in the console <laughs> version. If uh if history has taught me anything. Yeah. I feel okay. If any game was gonna, it would be this kind of game. It's very much like a PC kind of game, I feel like. Yeah. I, I was actually curious, because I know that you played this game on PC, but with a controller. Yeah. Um, and I teased a bit that I wanted to talk about this, but I think the control the controller controls for this game are really, really smooth. In a yeah. way, it did not take me long to get used to them, and it was really satisfying to be able to navigate your little ship into, like... In the meteors and through wreckage mm-hmm. of other ships. Yeah, like I, I feel like they, I agree. I feel like they nailed it because there are times when like you will be like flying quote upside down, mm-hmm. um, and the, it, if if you're not controlling your like angle or whatever, I want to say pitch and yaw, but sure. that could literally be anything, and I don't um, know. <laughs> but it'll just. It'll just automatically make your ship turn over, and I was like, "That's like a really nice um, thing for them to have included. Like, it'll like reorient you like naturally, and it, it mm-hmm. just yeah, it's really well thought out and implemented. I think. Yeah, because this game cannot afford to be a simulation. No. On top of uh, the difficulty of the game, normally, mm-hmm. um, I I find it really amusing that some of like the th- this game goes very quickly between being an incredibly frantic game and like a weirdly relaxing one and during those relaxing periods where there aren't enemy ships around you're you have the these like little navigation challenges would be how i would describe what remains for you to like, do like uh yeah like wreckage that you can fly through or asteroids and stuff yeah and they wisely at least on the normal difficulty made it so that if you crash into shit it does like a pretty significant chunk of damage mm. uh so you have to focus and actually like sort of play operation um and I did switch the game to easy based on a lot of recommendations online uh, about like actually learning the game, um, and they they that's like one of the most noticeable things is that the collision damage is significantly dropped. Um, but it still is fun to try not to wreck into walls, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and it's really it's interesting because like you would think it would be really hard to do, but you have such precise control over everything that. It even felt like when dogfighting, the difference between sitting still, go- going backwards, going forwards, mm-hmm. and, like, strafing felt, like, massively different because of just, like, how fine-tuned all the controls are. It's it's really, like, precise, and I like that about it. Yeah, yeah. It, it makes you feel, like, really cool, I think. <laughs> like, when, specifically with, like, flying through things. Like, you're right, it is... Much easier than you'd expect, mm-hmm. but, like, not in, like, a trivial way. Like, it's just really satisfying to do. Like, the first time you fly through a big uh, space rock, like, it just, it's really cool. Yeah. No, it's sick. And also... Blast some crystals inside, and, you know? <laughs> it's a good time. I have a, I have a, a bias to confirm here mm-hmm. that I do... I love when you're in a game 
and then you find a cave. So you're not normally in a cave. <laughs> uh-huh, and then but you find a cave. You find a cave, and you can explore the cave. There's this one. There's sadly not a lot of variety in the caves. No. In this game, but the giant asteroids do give me that like that great cave experience that I'm always looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least for the first like several hours of this game, I was like, hell yeah, look at me flying around in this big asteroid. And sometimes there'll be like a ship crashed into it, which I find really amusing because like. How did that even happen? Mm-hmm. Like, they flew into the asteroid and then just kind of got stuck and broke off. And then they got little gas tanks you can blow up mm-hmm. that you fly into the asteroid and get underneath of. Uh, it's really cool. Uh, and <laughs> I really liked it when the controls allow you to do it. Mm-hmm. Unless... Yeah, I... I just, <laughs> I was just gonna add another thing. I, I, or are you transitioning? I was going to because there was a brief pause. But oh, do yeah. your thing. Yeah, first. I was gonna mention because you brought up um, the fact that I played on PC, and I, I do think like the controller controls are so good that I didn't even try mouse and keyboard. Like I was mm-hmm. thinking about it early on when I was sucking. I was like, maybe mouse and keyboard will be easier. Uh, but then I just didn't because, like, I got used to the controller and it just, yeah, it just feels really good. So I think that's like a testament to it that, like, I just didn't feel the need. Yeah. I know exactly one other person who plays this game and they use a flight stick, um, which, in my opinion, has to be the only way to play this game that feels better than a controller. But I would still love to hear from anybody who played it with mouse and keyboard. Because the only way I can imagine it, because this game is one of the only games that made me actually press the triggers with my middle fingers Mm. so that I could use both the L and R buttons. I know I do that with another game, but I'm like struggling to think of what it is. Mm -hmm. But I won't waste time trying to think of it actively (laughs) on air. But continue. But but it is a rarity, right? Like you never do that. And, I mean, some people probably just learned it that way. Mm-hmm. But back in my day, there weren't even shoulder buttons on most controllers. Mm-hmm. It's not really true. I, But, you know, I'm not that old. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I grew up mostly using just my index fingers for the triggers. So having it do that makes me imagine that on a keyboard, you would be, like, pressing ten different buttons in order to control the movement and shoot at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, like, maybe I'm wrong about that, but, like, WASD only accounts for what the left analog does. Yeah, I'm assuming the mouse does the rest. Like, well, that would have to be your look, though. That's the right analog stick. Yeah. So where's your p- forward and backward propulsion? Uh, I don't know. We, this is something like, we could have figured <laughs> out yeah. before. I never, I didn't think this would come up. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, like it would have to be on like shift or spacebar mm-hmm. or some easily accessible thing since it's a button you're going to be holding all the time. Uh, or maybe W and S are the forward and back and there's a different button for the up and down movement. Maybe. But uh, it still seems like you're going to be using too many fingers simultaneously. Yeah. Uh, and I, I felt like the controller felt really natural and, and good in this case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, um, I would really like to actually try playing it with the flight stick again. Oh, yeah. Like, I did for, like, five seconds um, <laughs> before, um, and it was really hard. Uh, I would like to try it again now, having actually played the game. Yeah. 
It would be interesting. Especially, like, you were talking about the HUD and how the HUD ends up actually being good. Mm-hmm. But when you play this game for five seconds and you're in the middle of it, no, it ain't. It's real bad. <laughs> it hurts to look at and you can't see anything. And you don't know what all these alerts are or who you should or should not be shooting at. <laughs> so the, the your one-time experience with the flight stick was probably just an, an abject nightmare. Oh, yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. Uh, I died immediately. <laughs> uh, oh, so, unless, let me back up. Uh-huh. Uh, the, <laughs> the controls are really precise and tightly designed, and you can make really fine-tuned movements. Unless your inertial dampeners have been damaged, uh, and... <laughs> One of my, this is like something that killed me a lot and also was a rough mechanic to get used to, but in the abstract and right now, like not while in the game, fucking love the decision that after your shields go down and you start taking hull damage, shit you own can just be broken and it just ruins you. And it's it's a really player-unfriendly mechanic. It's like guns jamming or something in, in like, a Far Cry game or whatever. Mm-hmm. But this is, like, just... it. When I beat a, a boss, I beat the first encounter with, um, whatever, Nobu. Mm-hmm. With Nabu. Uh, I had, like, no functioning systems at the end of it. Like, I came in with broken stuff... Uh-huh. barely beat him and had nothing left working at the end of it uh, and then had no fuel and had to jump and <laughs> had like <laughs> my shields and like one hit point on the way out and it while you feel like a broken down mess it also feels extremely good to be able to do anything while your fucking like gas tank is leaking and you can't stop moving and your guns only shoot half the time like it's a really amusing system to put in the game and it adds a lot more tension than i think most people would think that it would Mm -hmm. i feel like that must not have happened to me even half as much as it did to you (laughs) well i also didn't use the landing cam sure yeah because like i feel like i i only ever had like my life support systems damaged and I was able to fix it most of the times. Mm. Like, I don't think I ever had two systems out at once. <laughs> There's a... I think... I, I feel like I just kind of got good at the combat early. Because mm. I fell into the strat of, like, moving in a circle, which makes it really hard for things to hit you. Yeah. Um, and then I found out online, apparently, that's, like, a really common strat for this game. Like, I just kind of fell into that really early. And it wasn't too bad, usually, the combat. Yeah, the later runs, I basically never had anything broken. I, in yeah. fact, w- there's a uh, a perk you can get that makes it less likely for your shit to break. Mm. And I w- at one point had a ship upgrade that just said, your shit cannot break anymore. Uh, and so there were a lot of factors fighting against that being a thing that actually occurs to you. And I actually kind of hate that. Mm-hmm. I would like it to happen more often and just be easier to repair. Yeah. And there is another perk for that as well, because there's a perk for fucking anything, and we'll get to it on the second half. But the uh, actual, like, 
act of it happening, the violence being portrayed onto you, mm-hmm. uh, is just a great like moment for me. Mm-hmm. It happened a lot really early on, and then later, like I've been playing for the last like five hours today, uh-huh. and I think one thing broke during that entire one run that I did. It was probably like, it was three runs, but still, uh-huh. uh, that was like. But it it just left an impression on me, you know? Like, man, that one time when my sensors are blinking, my guns aren't shooting, I can't stop moving, and I got no fuel in the tank. And I've emerged victorious from, like, this this challenge that they they left for Mm -hmm. me was such a moment for me. Like, that's what I'm going to remember about this game. Yeah, it makes total sense. It just... (laughs) <laughs> not, not something that I experienced <laughs> in the game, so I can't really comment. But no, it does. I, I, that is a good point. It's not something I'd thought about, but like actually having to like stretch your resources more, mm-hmm. like does like a little bit more of a survival element could have been interesting. Yeah, yeah. The fact that the life support systems literally just puts a countdown on your screen as to when you'll just <laughs> yeah. die is 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 a great piece of point of tension. Yeah. Like, I think the life support system should be a big green sign on the top of your ship that says, shoot me, please. <laughs> because I want that time limit more often. Uh, it's just fun to to, to do that. Mm-hmm. But then also the game would be so hard if shit was breaking all the time. Because yeah. it's already hard. <laughs> yeah, like, just it being easier to repair, I think, is the, is the, is the move. That's the solution, yeah. yeah. It also will just happen to you less often on easy. Yeah. Like that that, catas- that catastrophe I was describing. Yeah. That was a normal difficulty run mm-hmm. where that happened. And it was uh, it was a real fucking, I don't know, what's a tense situation called? It's uh, an ass puckerer. Let's go with that. <laughs> it's <laughs> a real ass puckering situation, if you know what I'm saying. And I just love it when something leaves a lot of tension, like we're about to do after the, the break. break. <laughs> during the break. Yeah, I was thinking about saying that. It would have been really funny if we both said during the break. We've got the ma- the magic of audio technology. Oh, we yeah. do it right now. It would be disingenuous, though. That's, that's true. We shouldn't do it. I'll All see right. you guys in a minute. <laughs> Welcome back. We jumped around a whole, whole lot in that first half. Mm-hmm. Just like jumping through space. Yeah, it's like we we used all of our fuel yeah, in the first half. We're here in Sector 2 now. <laughs> um, so... There are a couple of things, I think big things about the game that we haven't really focused in on yet. Um, and I think in the interest of trying to keep the podcast flowing in a sort of logical way, mm-hmm. uh, I want to talk a bit about, not a whole lot, but a little bit about the like perk system and mm. upgrades. Um, and the reason I say only a little bit is because I was introduced to an entirely new form of upgrade that I didn't know anything about until today. Mm. Uh, and so it's going to be hard for me to give a more holistic 
Yeah, like you have to put points into certain ones for other ones to unlock. Yeah. And then on top of that, you have uh, chipsets. Uh, I think that's... That's near Automata. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and But glyphs are definitely one of them. Mm. And then there's another layer of upgrade that go in the same upgrade slot, but you find them in different ways um, through special events that you find in the, in the game. Um, and so I, I can't really speak too much on that. Uh, what the ones that I have currently are pretty do nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they mirror more of just like, uh, <laughs> I don't know, even know how to, I don't know a comparison point. They're really minor upgrades mostly, uh, that have either a trade off aspect to them or they just affect a lot of things, or they affect things randomly. Mm-hmm. Um, they're interesting, but I can't speak too much on them because I don't have enough of them to make a, uh, any kind of comparison. <laughs> yeah, it's the same for me, basically. Yeah. It's another one of those layers that was one too many for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so let's focus instead on the perk tree, because I yeah. think that's the one that makes more sense. That's where it felt the best to spend my credits. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's where you spend credits, which are one of two currencies that, like, meta currencies that carry over. Um, which, once again, that's not super unusual for a roguelite to have multiple currencies that you spend in different ways. But it's weird because only the credits can be spent in between runs. And then the other one, which is called, like, Viridian. Mm. We were on the road to Viridian <laughs> Energy. Yeah, there it is. Uh, yeah, is uh, is spent within the runs and you get it for at least i only ever got it from destroying like really big ships yeah the corvettes or whatever yeah yeah Uh, it's pretty rare i think i got it from other places but like it was like almost never yeah i think i got a grand total of like 30 yeah in in, over the whole game and i'm sure that when you get later into the game it gets easier to get a hold of um, but with the wisdom of knowing that most, the most important gameplay that I would be doing in this game was happening right now and won't happen later, I spent it. Like, yeah. all the, like, every chance I got. I was like, yeah, random, randomize the upgrades on my weapon. Yeah. Because why not? <laughs> I never, I don't think I ever found someone else to spend it with other than that guy. Yeah, the... The, like, biologist? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know, like, maybe there's somebody else that there, will take it. I don't know. There could be, but uh, when I met the geologist, I had, or biologist, yeah. uh, it was the only, it was the first time I'd been introduced to the even the concept of yeah, it. Yeah, so, same. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I'm inclined to believe it's just them. Mm-hmm. Um, but the credits on the Perks tree are then themselves split into ship upgrades and pilot upgrades. Um and the further I got into the game, the more I wanted to put my credits into the pilot upgrades because I knew that if I changed ships, all the money I spent would <laughs> vanish into nothingness. That's another thing where it kind of incentivizes you to just stick with what you know. Like, I only ever used the one ship. Yeah, the uh, Sentinel. Yeah. That's... Yeah. The, that's the, the one that the starts with the lightning ship. gun. Yeah. It's not actually... Oh, okay. Then... The one that starts with the lightning. Yeah. I found this out later, and it's weird. There's, uh, I think the Interceptor is the is the one that you normally start with. Mm. It's the one that starts with the laser beam and the Gatling gun. It has two primary slots. Right. And the one that we used is DLC. Oh. It's like, weird. because we got the, the Stellar uh, edition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it, it's called something else on PC. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's, but it's the same thing. Yeah, it's like weirdly, a, it's like a DLC ship. Um, and it's the one that I felt most natural with. The yeah. only thing that I didn't like about it was the shields. Um, which is another thing that I, doesn't fit into this conversation, but probably should have been like a million years ago. Uh-huh. I love systems that are like extremes where you can sort of like pick something and like build around it. Uh-huh. Where you're like, oh, I'm going to do this kind of a focused thing where like I want to use glass cannon. Yeah. Or yeah. like a long range one where I don't need as much shield or whatever. And yeah. I use like a special kind of gun. Um, but the, the way that this game played for me, and it might be because I started with that ship every time and therefore always wanted to be fairly close range to use the lightning gun, mm-hmm. I just, like, default shields, like, shield, as opposed to, like, the shield XC, which is the mm. one that charges really fast, uh, or the one that that ship starts with that has a lot of HP, but takes a never recharges, <laughs> we'll say. It's functionally an yeah. infinite amount of time when you're in combat. Um and that also carries over into the ships. Like, I bought the other two ships, mm. and the gunship doesn't have shields, which means that you rely very heavily on nanobots, which isn't as bad and, and easy, mm-hmm. but is brutal in normal and presumably brutaler in hard. Yeah. And then the other one just seems to die if you happen to fly by a piece of paper that somebody <laughs> threw out the window. Yeah, I never even entertained the idea of buying another ship. <laughs> Because, uh, like, yeah, it just felt like you you spent all this time pumping upgrades into one. Like, you mm-hmm. don't want to start over. Yeah. It, it feels bad to switch between them. And I think it should And they, they're not. expensive. Yeah. Like, yeah. You don't want to spend all that money, <laughs> all those credits. It, it feels like, especially because they are expensive themselves. They're 10,000 credits yeah, a piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it, it's weird because like I'm the kind of person who loves to experiment and I like variety and I would love to switch ships between like everything, mm-hmm. but I also the can't. Cost is too high. Yeah, the cost is really really high, um, and I can't say that games that I like don't do this. Like Hades has the Titan Blood system. Yeah, where you upgrade the weapons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to buy the weapons too, don't yeah. you? Like to, to start out or unlock them in some way. Yeah, and so I ended up using like bow for most of the game until I'd beaten it, mm-hmm. and then started to experiment. And that's when I really fell in love with it. Is once I got access to all that new stuff. If I played this game for an uh, like an additional thirty hours on top of what I've already put in, mm-hmm. uh, it pr- I probably would get to a point where like all my ships are upgraded enough that I was I was happy switching between them. But because of this exact reason, I didn't. I used the one with the lightning gun because right. I liked the gun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's kind of sad. The other ones in the pilot upgrade tree. This is part of what I was describing when I said that the systems in this game are really intimidating. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like it costs so much to do anything. Yeah, it's a lot of those ones that uh, you had to put multiple like pieces in to mm-hmm. get the full upgrade, which kind of discourages you. Yeah, I could just get more health. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's just a one-time down yeah. payment. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I was the same way. Where the more I played, the more I put into those, uh, the the more appealing they seemed. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot easier to be like, especially early on. You're like, oh, I'll get more credits so I can spend them on this other stuff faster. But then you're like, but now I'm out of credits, and so I just got to put like, like the biggest benefit. Uh, 
It was it wasn't until like my next to last run that I finished the first one of the trading upgrade. Yeah, yeah. Because it just didn't seem that appealing, but it was always the cheapest one to like just put a piece in. Yeah. Uh which is why they do that, is because your credits all go away at the end, so you have to spend as much as you can. So having these smaller uh like installations makes it easier to sort of like slowly build progress yeah. towards something. Um but I don't know. It bummed me out a little bit uh, to, like, spend money and stuff and not be able to see, like, an immediate reward. Yeah. Even if you don't notice most of the shit that you buy, sometimes you're, like, you just want to know that it's there. Yeah, no, that's actually, I think, a good way to, like, boil down to, like, our thesis on the things that we didn't particularly engage with in this game. It's, like... There's a big time investment into a lot of things, and there are certain elements like um, the the perks and even just, like, different, like, sub-weapons and things that you get them, and then you can't really tell what they do. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, it's hard to, like, learn what's good and what's not because you don't see an immediate, like, difference. Yeah. It's very totally, like, even the ones that you know what they're gonna do like hull upgrade like get more hp the way this game works the like the moment that your shields run out Mm -hmm. you already know you're in a bad place yeah and like your health bar just stays the same size yeah just like the bar goes down (laughs) slower so i felt equally fucked at 600 hps i did Mm -hmm. at 580 (laughs) like that's not a difference to me i was just like i'm so boned now that I, i and i have to run as fast as i can away from this scenario right regardless of how much hp that i have uh which is compounded by your fucking engines breaking down because somebody shot you too many times mm-hmm. uh, in the hall. So, yeah, I don't know. There's something about it. Like, it did feel like the further I got into the game, the better I was doing. And I want to attribute it to the upgrades because I know that I'm bad. Yeah. Like, that's that didn't... I, But I'm sure I did improve at, at something yeah. to increase it. So it, it maybe mechanically it makes a lot of sense. Like, under the hood, maybe the curve is going exactly the way that the developers intended. Mm-hmm. But emotionally, it always felt like my money wasn't... It was being sucked into a black hole and killing me instantly. Yeah, you don't... I agree. You don't really notice what the perks are doing for you. Mm-hmm. I guess there's some tangible ones yeah, in the form yeah, yeah. of like the the sensor upgrade that tells you if there's a a cloud on the map. Yeah, there's some plasma. It's yeah, a, it's a tasty plasma. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 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 an odd. It's an odd system that feels like it's working, but I can't for the life of me explain why. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, that's pretty much that's it mm-hmm. on that. <laughs> uh, so we talked about them a little bit on the first half, but what do you think of the NPCs in the little side quests? Um, at first. Well, at, f- at first, at first, I didn't know anything about them. Uh-huh. But, like, when I was first introduced to them, I thought that it was going to cap out at, like, three. And I felt they were a little too utilitarian 
for my tastes. Mm -hmm. The further I got into it, the more of like a driver they were um, for what I wanted to do. Uh, one of the things that I initially had in my, like, complaints column, the, my mental checklist of <laughs> things that I liked and disliked when I started playing the game, uh-huh. was that every run felt pretty similar, and they really helped to spice it up. It makes you want to do stuff. And I, like, I've, I met, like, six of them? I don't know how many there are. Yeah, that sounds about right. Like... I really like the touch that they put their faces on the map, like Mm. on the sectors. So it's like, oh, we're going to run into these guys a little bit later down the road. (laughs) Don't die before Yeah, because I I agree, like 100%. Like once you've played for a while, you've kind of seen all of the different art assets uh, and you've seen them a lot. So it's nice to have um, those as like motivators to like, oh, see what, what happens next. Like you see that exclamation point. On the map, and you're like, well, gotta go there. See what's up. Little narrative scenario. I'm presuming, by the way, that since you also mostly used the one ship, that you never progressed the traitor guy past his second (laughs) quest either, right? Yeah. Okay. Because he he wants you to bring him a primary weapon, and that ship only has one primary slot. Mm. So you would have to just take a Gatling gun from wherever you get it to him and not somehow die yeah from using a weapon that sucks <laughs> if it's the only weapon you have yeah uh yeah so i just skipped him like entirely and i felt kind of bad like i was going to like at some point yeah because you had to give him the scrap at first and yeah then, yeah and that felt fine to me because yeah. i didn't know what the fuck to do with scrap at all prior to that <laughs> yeah eventually i learned about crafting he in fact like when you deliver the scrap he's like you may you craft things Right? And my character's like, yeah. And I was like, no. Why are you lying? <laughs> you ain't crafted anything. Uh, yeah. I, I really liked the, uh, we talked about him already, but the biologist guy. Um, because, like, I had noticed the green goo, mm-hmm. like, on an astronaut. I was like, what the fuck is that? Um, I just kind of blasted it because that's yeah. what you do, how you interact with everything in this. Um, and it didn't do anything. It just kind of like exploded or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when he, I, I got, I finally encountered him and he gave me the quest to like find them and like scan them and stuff. I just thought that was cool. Like, oh, there's these little things under the surface I hadn't been noticing. And like, I just thought that was a nice addition. Yeah. That ended up being sort of my favorite thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, or my favorite like quest line to follow. Uh, and I didn't finish it uh, as of right now, but it was just to give everybody an understanding. One of the things that we looked for when choosing games to play this month mm-hmm. were things that we wouldn't normally choose to do for the podcast. Um, and this being a space shooter game is not something that either of us really played very much. Like, no. My main experience with this kind of game is, like, fucking Jedi Starfighter on the oh, PlayStation 2. Oh, hell yeah, I had too. that as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I've always thought space games were, like, kind of cool mm-hmm. um, inherently, but they've never been, like, my jam. Yeah. They're almost always really systems heavy, and yeah. this is not an exception. Uh, so they're all hard to get into. Uh, so I'm glad, I guess, that I got into this one. Like, maybe it gives me an opening into those types of games in the future. Mm-hmm. But, uh... <laughs> Uh, one of the other things to note, though, this not being a game that is typically in our wheelhouse, 
I also was like that green jelly, those things that <laughs> flail around on rocks, the the jellyfish in the sky. Yeah, the jellyfish. Yeah, I was like, these are all so cool. It's sad that there's nothing to do with them. And then when the NPC is like, you probably didn't even pay attention to these lesser life forms. I was like, I fucking did. <laughs> <laughs> you I'm, fucker. I'm so excited that you're now here to tell me to do something with them. Um. Yeah, I, I, this is a really dumb thing to bring up, but I guess I will because mm-hmm. um, of the train of the conversation. But um, the green jellies reminded me of this game that we had uh, when I was growing up called Astro Rock on the PC, <laughs> um, which had like a rock and roll kind of soundtrack mm-hmm. and like your spaceship kind of looked like a car. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was like kind of like a top down sort of game. Like he was like, very much like uh, like asteroids, kind of how it how it controlled, um, but it, it it had enemies that were just like green goo. Mm-hmm. So that was like it kept making me think of that after uh, they were introduced into the game. Um, so hopefully somebody listening knows what Astro Rock is and can relate. <laughs> Maybe Rockfish Rockfish Fish Games, games? Astro Rockfish <laughs> Games. We've got you. Yep, they were just paying homage with that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I ended up really liking that quest line. And then the other ones, Alec was just, once again, we're little babies. Yeah. We can't play this game. The second mission's just too fucking hard. Yeah. Uh, but I, I thought, and I found that disappointing too, because yeah. I, I liked the idea of doing mercenary stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I liked Kaylee a lot. Um, I thought she was really, in, like, she was like the, one of the bigger narrative thrusts for me. Because she was, like, obviously mysterious and, like, wanted to know what was up with her. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I found that to be really effective. Like, it did a lot with a little, I think, with that character. Um, and then there was, like, I never got to figure out what was up with her. It was, like, a run random person who shows up and just gives you supplies and then leaves. Yeah, I had her show up two times ever and don't know what her deal is. Uh, are you going to keep playing the game? I, I might, but I don't think I care. Okay. Um, we'll talk about the narrative in which I will explain why I do not care. Uh, but, but um, <laughs> she, uh, it turns out that, like, the whole, like, cloning thing that's going on was set up by your original guy adam prime i'll yeah. call him i like, do know this yeah this much, um yeah. and the whole like the coordinates you're given are like his secret base or whatever right and um she is actually adam's sister or uh your sister or however you want to think of it yeah um and she's helping you out because like the there's like they keep sending the clones out to like so that one of them will get like uh powerful enough or whatever however you want to say it to actually reach the base and like that's the one uh cuz he is dying like he's been poisoned Adam Prime yeah the cytotoxins uh, and, and he wants to have like a strong body to like put his mind into or whatever um. to live on and um so it's like putting them through like a trial or whatever um and whichever one makes it there gets to be his new body but then once uh, they get there, uh, he realizes that the clone's like a real person, and so that he lets him live, and, and Adam Prime dies. That's the story. So sad. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so she's your sister. Yeah. Gotcha. And she's insisting in the, unbeknownst to you, trial that you're taking <laughs> to be a cool new vessel. Yeah. 
Yeah, so you end up, yeah, just getting dropped shit but as I, a result of that. I guess I, I, what I'm saying is I like those, like, mysterious breadcrumbs of, like, a character showing up and having, like, shady or unknown motives. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, Kaylee? Kay- Kaylee, yeah. Yeah, ends up being just shady. Uh, yeah. Just full well, I, so. I had the uh, impression. Yeah. Yeah. So you do uh, that one. That one is interesting. It takes you to different places and actually asks you to do different tasks. Like, most everybody else's quest lines are combat trials. Yeah. Or just, like, go do a thing. Yeah, like, like I, a very specific type of thing. Yeah. And it all just sort of involves flying to an area and then doing something there. Mm-hmm. Hers was more varied, uh, at least, like, in presentation. There's... Uh, part where you have to search for things where they don't give you the uh, exact spot. Yeah, Uh, those little uh, century robot things. Yeah, drones or whatever. Uh, The wormhole one, Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, being a big one because it gives you this big, like... We'll get into that. You're, like, in the orbit of a planet. Yeah, and it looks fucking great. Yeah. Uh, And it's it's exciting to see... and just like it, I liked that part of her quest line a lot, uh, she didn't do a whole lot narratively other than yeah, I liked that there was a mystery because up until that point, the game is extremely light with its mm-hmm. narrative. And she's a little bit of like a Han Solo type, like she's just like a likable roguish character. Yeah, so it's fun. It is fun. Yeah, uh, and I feel like oh Maurice, the unexplicably <laughs> French robot. Uh, I feel like it's. <laughs> not inexplicable because i feel like it's just a thing in fiction to give robots like like uh european accents just give them an accent yeah that i mean that's true there's a lot of british robots (laughs) your main ai yeah is hive is a british robot uh yeah i i don't i I would like to interrogate that further but i feel like i would need to like (laughs) do some reading oh yeah it's definitely an interesting topic (laughs) for a different podcast a different podcast (laughs) for a different time Mm. uh but yeah there's a french robot named maurice who uh is ostensibly a bounty hunter and i didn't progress far enough into his quest line yeah i think actually yeah i think i killed two bounties for him same but i never got to return the second Mm. one uh so that th- that's sort of your suite of NPCs, or at least the ones that we encountered. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like the game opens on a mystery. It's like you don't know who you are. Yeah, you or... don't know that you're a clone. Yeah. So there's all of this like information that you don't have, but it doesn't feel like it has an impact on the gameplay. No. The NPCs do, and I think that they're a great addition, almost exclusively because of that. Like that is enough. For them to have been a good addition, uh, because it creates a narrative in a way that is more player-driven and has more immediate impact on your, like, moment-to-moment. So, to answer the original question, I like them. Mm -hmm. No, me too. (laughs) Uh, I feel like that actually also covers any narrative. Yeah, yeah. Neither of us beat this. I just, like, watched the cutscenes today. Um, and I find it, I don't really have a lot to say about this. But it just seems like the game goes on for like really long. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, I thought that like getting to uh, the coordinates would be like the end of the game, but there's like a significant chunk to do after that. Yeah, you get there. Or like then... taking down like the commander or whatever his name was. Uh, 
I don't know his name. Like the main bad guy. We're calling him the commander because I think that's what yeah, his rank I, was. <laughs> I thought you, I remembered you like recalling his name. I earlier. might have, but that was a whole hour ago. Sure. Okay. Fair enough. I, um, <laughs> whatever, whoever like the main bad guy is, like you don't fight until after you do all the stuff at like the lab or wherever it is that mm-hmm. you meet Adam. So like I was, I just was surprised by that. Yeah. I just feel like a full run of this by somebody who isn't like a speed runner or something would take like six hours. <laughs> I would guess it's got to be shorter than that, but a long time. I mean, it's probably in the ballpark of three. Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe there are ways to sort of speed up the initial travel time, mm-hmm. but like my longest runs, like where I got the furthest were on occasion over two hours long. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it would definitely take three, three to four, I guess, depending on your skill. It yeah. would be, it's it's a rough, it's a rough time. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a dumb thing or a smart thing. Which one should I do? Lead with the dumb thing. Lead with the dumb thing. Yeah. I wish that you fought like a big space monster. <laughs> Yeah, I I could feel you like that coming as soon as you started talking. Um, but you're right; you're totally right. It would be really cool. Yeah, like they've already got. They could do like a classic video game development thing where they just take one of like the regular size like animal, make you find like a giant jellyfish. Yeah, or like a giant green goo. It'd be sick as hell. Yeah, I'd love to see it. That would that does. It's something I hadn't thought about. Um, but would be totally like a cool addition. Yeah, because like. I appreciate the fact that you can take on these, like, frigates and, yeah, and yeah, like, the, cool. the Corvettes. Uh, it's nice to fight them because it's so different and it feels like an actual risk. Um, especially, like, late in the game when you're playing on easy difficulty. When you fight a fighter, you know that you'll beat it. It's just, like, how many of them are there? Mm-hmm. And, like, is my environment suitable for the fight? And that's, like, once you've committed, you know you have a pretty good chance of coming out on top. With those, it's a crapshoot. You yeah. never really know. There are, like, the weird black hole monsters that are... Yes. But they aren't, like... They don't quite do it. And that leads me into my smart topic. Okay, smart hit me with yeah. it. Yeah. Well, we're not, because I'm going to go back to the monster thing real quick. Because <laughs> I'm not done with that. Sure, sure. The thing that I want in the in a big monster is just, like... It doesn't even have to be like, because presumably this game basically ends with a boss rush where you have to deal with Nobu and the general guy. Yeah. And kill them both, presumably. Uh, I do not know if that is the case, I'm but pretty it sure seems that likely. it's the case, yes. Yeah. So that is cool and a thing that you should do in this game because of its narrative and because of et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. That's what the game's good at, is yeah. dogfights. Uh, I just want to, like, warp into a zone and have there be a big space worm to fight. Because it's... It's so... Everything feels huge in mm-hmm. the game, but everything you fight, even the big ships, feel very small. Uh, and they feel like little bit... Like, you fly far enough away from the big one of the big boss ships, and it's completely obscured by the icon indicating where it is. Mm-hmm. Uh and I just want I just wanted something that felt like really threatening on like a big scale. Yeah, I, I, I to compare it to something like the Wind Waker, which had like the um the giant octos or whatever mm-hmm. that you can encounter. Like so I feel like it it would be it could be a similar kind of thing to that, where it's like a really rare occurrence that like you'll just like warp into a zone that just has a big space kraken. Yep. And you gotta fight it. 
Like, that would be cool. It'd be super sick. Um, but yeah, to the smart thing in the Black Hole Monsters, because I think they do this uh-huh. to an extent. Uh, I totally forget what they're called. Uh, I think uh, Hive referred to it as like this temple of the ancients or something when I got there. Mm-hmm. And then when you start fighting, when like the black hole monster shows up, you start fighting it. Your character, uh, Adam asks if this is an ancient, so we can just call it an ancient. Yeah, sure. I know that, <laughs> that the, that the AI refers to it as uh, a warden as well. Uh, okay. So that is, uh, it, it is an ancient, it, it, it's it an ancient warden. Yeah, it's not allowed to be the ancient green warden, because that is a Magic the Gathering uh-huh. card, but... <laughs> the ancient gray warden, which would be from Dragon Age. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Fantasy has got this area of language fucking covered. Uh, but they are really cool because of... The unknown weird threat. Yeah, they you go do... into the temple and it attacks you. It's so great. It's it covers everything that a giant monster would do except being, being giant. giant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I do really like them. And uh, if you encounter one a second time, mm, which uh, I, I did not. Yeah. It it comes with something that I had encountered outside of these zones once before, which are smaller black hole monsters that split when you kill them mm. and they just have like increasingly halved health until you've destroyed them entirely. Like choose. Yeah. The they're like choose. out of the wind wake. <laughs> uh, and they just shoot a beam at you. They're basically like, if the warden is a fighter, it's like drones, they're like drones and they have a beam that when it hits you, it doesn't deal any shield damage. It just drains your hull health. Mm. Uh, and it's dastardly. Uh, they sound shitty. They're so hard to fight because they just keep coming after you. Uh, the time that I tried to fight one with the warden, which is how my last run ended, uh-huh. I had an ability that let me just teleport. And I was like, oh, this will be easy. I just teleport away, turn around, shoot him, teleport away, do it, repeat, ad nauseum. Mm-hmm. Wrong. <laughs> They're way faster than you think that they are. Uh, and you just get swarmed and destroyed by them. I was not basically not able to shoot at the big one at all. Mm. Um, and I, I'm sure there's a strategy for it. But I felt like that tension I was talking about earlier, I felt scared. And that's mm-hmm. what you want. And I, I really liked that. Um, also... We'll call back to the caves thing. Mm. You can go inside of that structure uh, and yeah, yeah, activate yeah. like a secret room obelisk mm-hmm. thing. Right. Like a monolith. Yeah. Like an awesome cave, though. Yeah. Like, like that would be in a cool cave. <laughs> that would be in a cool cave. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to bring up, um, as we always do late in the podcast, uh, music. Yeah. Did, did you find it to be kind of like weirdly implemented? Yes. Um, like, in a way, like, it's very different, but once again, another comparison to Downwell. It kind of just felt like it would just kind of come in and go at random times. <laughs> yeah. I know that I had a comment about this on a different game as well. Mm. But instead, because I can't remember what that game was, I'm going to call back to um, Outer Wilds. Which this uh-huh. game suffers a lot for me playing it after Outer Wilds. Sure. Uh, which is a great space game, and this is... With no dogfights. With no dogfights, and this is a good space game with dogfights, but I played uh, Outer Wilds, and that music is, like, 
it's just it's wrapped around your mind An earworm yeah and you know what it means like you have a reaction to it when you hear the music kick in in outer wilds and i kept wanting that to be the case in this game and it just seems like it's completely random yeah it's like in it, it parts of, in ways that would like fuck with me too because like <laughs> there, there are like sound effects in the music that'll like sound like it's like something like bad is about to happen. Yeah, like so, like it's like is something gonna explode or like, <laughs> like there will be like we, like little instances of like weird usage of sound effects in the songs. Yeah, it'd be like beeps and bloops. Yeah, going on, and you don't know what that means. Was strange. It's extra- It's that's basically exactly how I felt about it as well. I felt like the music in game. They should have either gone with the no music approach and then music to indicate something. Mm-hmm. Like, they even have a time mechanic where the, the Okar come in if you stay in the same zone for too long. Yeah. Play a track 30 seconds <laughs> yeah. before that happens. Yeah. Uh, Imminent Doom. Yeah. I-, I named the track for you. There it is. Uh, but yeah, it, it feels strange. It seems like it may trigger when you're around specific objects. Like, I think it does, but yeah. it's kind of hard to tell. Especially when you can just, like, fucking boost by something. It's like, Bleh. Yeah. It's just gone. <laughs> uh. <laughs> it, it also didn't feel, like, particularly, like, cohesive to me. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, m- like five different people like wrote music independently of each other mm-hmm. and it was just kind of like put in the game yeah i briefly mentioned this off cast uh the interestingly the word that i would use to describe the music in this game is nostalgic yeah like none of it was bad yeah but it made me feel like the music i called out perfect dark when mm. we talked about it before the the ship upgrade music I felt was like this the menu music yeah it's giving me giving me that that perfect dark vibe but like little bits of it here and there it just like it feels old mm-hmm. which isn't as, it's not bad yeah. obviously some of it does feel like cool space music and then mm-hmm. some of it just kind of is like video game music <laughs> yeah some ambiance yeah. To remind you that you're playing a video game with non-diegetic music. Yeah, I think I know what you're getting at. Uh, I don't know if I would have explained it the same way, but (laughs) there's definitely a quality to it. Yeah, it's got a bit of Perfect Dark, a little bit of Halo. Just old first-person shooters. Mm. Oh, I wanted to call out the voice acting as well. Okay. um, As being good, in my opinion. (laughs) Um, uh, it's not like the greatest quality. Like there's some variation depending on which voice actor it is. But I think like for like the budget this game had, it it feels like it's probably the best that it can be for like this kind of game. I felt. Yeah, it it feels it's, it's like an impressive effort. I thought. Yeah. The um. Like it felt like they went above and beyond with like. What what they did with the voice acting. Yeah, the impression that I got from this game when I started playing it mm-hmm. was that it was going to be something at least fairly small budget. Um, and it really isn't. It, it It isn't like a triple A game, obviously, mm-hmm. but it is... More of a double A. Yeah, it's somewhere in between. And I kept being impressed by things. The fact that it is fully voice acted alone... Uh, 
is strange coming from this game, at yeah. least to me. And our two lead actors are both very good. Yeah, yeah. Adam and, and Hive are great. Yeah. Um, the guy who voices Adam, uh, I know we already talked about this, but uh, voices Noctis in Final Fantasy Fifteen. Right. So Ray it, Chase. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's like a like a pretty uh, accomplished voice actor. Yeah. I was trying to, to look for... The cast on IMDb is not fully... Mm. Uh, is not full. The, the woman who plays... Uh, Kaylee mm-hmm. sounds exactly like the host of the podcast Criminal oh. in a way that was like I legitimately was like God is that actually is that Phoebe <laughs> Judge is she the one voicing why would she do that uh-huh. uh huh <laughs> and I just I can't imagine that it is uh huh but she's great as a voice mm-hmm. so the person who sounds just like her did good too yeah there will be an occasional <laughs> and uh. There will be an occasional like line read that sounds weird, mm-hmm. but for the most part, I think they did a pretty good job. Um, and I, I think this game probably did have a lower budget than you would think from playing it. I think they just were really smart about where they put their money. Yeah, like it feels like they really maximize like everything that's like, like the game looks impressively good. The game, like the voice acting, is very good. But then like there's other things about like maybe like the scope. And things that like definitely make it feel like it is uh, like a not an indie game, but yeah, like a double A ish kind of game. So yeah, I think they were just really smart about how they put this game together. Yeah, and that hits on my basically the last thing that I wanted to talk about was this game graphically. Like if we've gone so far into this already that you probably know whether or not this is a game for you. Uh huh. But. Just to add on top of that, if you're the kind of person who, like, just likes a game that looks real good, this game looks real fucking good. And mm-hmm. I played on the Switch. You uh, get lots of screenshots. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's cool because it's one of those games where the focus isn't on the very small, minute details. It is on the big, giant shit and the skyboxes and the art team for this game did a great job. They picked a lot of really cool colors. Uh, everything sort of blends together into what you imagine as weird space. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's a couple of suns. Sometimes the planet has rings. And every time that you see something new, you're like, hmm, that's new. And it's cool. And it's intimidatingly large. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just really enjoyed that aspect of it. Yeah, the the... <laughs> The space boxes, the space, yes. rather than sky boxes. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, like the the backgrounds are are very cool, mm-hmm. and the, yeah, like all the art assets are great. So, I full agree. And do we have nano thoughts? <laughs> oh, that's really good. We're using that one. It's like bots. it sounds like nano bots. Yeah, so. that's really good. We're gonna, yep. Uh. Do we have nano thoughts? Okay. My nano thoughts are, um, as we mentioned, um, oh, like one of our friends uh, is the one who suggested this game, mm-hmm. and I played it for like five seconds at his place, <laughs> and I, I thought it seemed really unappealing and bad <laughs> uh, because I played it with a white stick in the middle of a really hard game and died <laughs> to enemies really fast. Um, so I, I thought the game was gonna be more simulation-y because I was playing it with a flight stick, 
Um, or like, I don't know. It just seemed like the kind of game that like, I wouldn't really like, or it would be really hard for me to get into. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised by this. Um, I liked it a lot more than I would have thought. Um, it's, yeah, it's got those roguelite elements that make it easier for me to get into. Um, I'm usually not a fan of like a pure roguelike, um, because I hate putting two hours <laughs> into something and then having to start over. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, like, this game, it's just got a lot of good things going for it. Kind of like what we were talking about right before, um, right before the end here. Um, it just feels like they were real, this game's just really well put together. I think they like, they, they put their money in the spots they knew they could maximize the most. Like the game looks great. It controls really smooth. The voice acting is really good, and like I, it just it stands out a lot more than I thought. It kind of looked like it might just be like a generic space game, um, and I I really enjoyed my time with this. Um, and I, I guess I, I'll just leave it at that. I've pleasant surprise. Uh, off to a good start for fan fan brewery. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, I kind of agree with most of that. I. Uh... As I mentioned a couple of times, I know on the No Clip Awards, I I talked about it. I feel like recently I've been I've been opened up to roguelikes more often now than I I had been in the past, thanks to the success of Hades. Um, and one of the things that made Hades work for me is that it is kind of on the easier side as far as roguelikes go, and. This game definitely is not that. It is difficult, but it does have a very accessible option to tone the difficulty down uh, if you're having trouble making it into the game. Uh, and I loved that about it. I liked that it was more accessible for me uh, to get into as somebody who doesn't play uh, space games very often. Um, however, if you do play space games... Uh, I mentioned very early in the podcast that a lot of the things that I levy as criticisms could really be read as just choices for people who like things different than the way that I like things. Um, and I imagine that if you are a space games kind of player, you probably have a lot more patience than I do, like a longer experience, stuff with a lot of slow... Uh, intermittent things in between moments of excitement and that is the exact tempo of this game it it hits you with very difficult challenges and then long periods of time where you are scavenging and i think if that sounds appealing uh this game you really can't go wrong with it it's it's it does its base stuff so well in the visuals and audio and the uh, actual controlling of a spaceship that I can't imagine somebody being into space games and then going, oh, but that one is for dumb <laughs> idiots. Like, this is just a good, well-executed game that is glued over the rogue-type framework in a way that I think just works. Uh, so, yeah, I also liked it. Also was surprised uh, because I picked... I was like, I want to do that one because it just doesn't seem like something we'd ever play. Mm -hmm. uh, and, it, and it definitely worked out in this instance. Thank you for listening to Noclip this week. What are we talking about next time? Next time, we're talking about 
Something that, admittedly, I would play. Uh, <laughs> but I definitely wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, and that is Prey, uh, the 20, ooh, 2016, 2017? I think it's 2016. Yeah. Um, the arcane re- reboot, what they call it, of, uh, uh, of the old Prey. Uh, that has nothing to do with it and is a lot closer to Arcane's other games like Dishonored um, and like System Shock. But uh, Mm -hmm. so yeah, that'll be, that'll be next time. And we'll shout out who suggested it then because I don't remember right now. Uh, (laughs) Until then, you can get a hold of us. Uh, All of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com or on splattershot.pro. There you can find links to the Discord where everyone so graciously submitted their suggestions for February and where we will be discussing the game in the future. Uh, You can also find a link to our YouTube channel, which hosts all of our old episodes, which can also be found on Google Podcasts and on Apple, and, you know, the place you're listening to it also has it. Uh, You can listen to episodes like the Hades one Mm -hmm. is a roguelike. Downwell, since I mentioned it three times. Yeah. Uh, Outer Wilds is a (laughs) space game. That those are that's gonna be that's it really it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you want to hear us talk about more roguelikes or more uh, space games, space games, talk tell us that in the comments and space that like button. <laughs> There's some mineable ore down in the comment section. <laughs> I'm having a mineable gas right now. <laughs> Uh, comment gas in the... (laughs) See you later. Ring that bell. Thank you for listening to our final thoughts right now. (laughs) Line... Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs>